Welcome everyone to She Podcast, episode 384. This is the 2022 year in review. It's middle of December and that's how we do. I am Jessica Kupferman and with me as always, the very khaki today. She's all in khaki, including the behind her, the the scenery, Elsie Escobar. What's Hello. up, everybody? What's How up, are you? everybody? I'm good. I'm well. I'm I'm here. I'm, you know, back in the studio. Back in the studio after a short break with our sponsors. No. Um, oh my god. No, but you were. You didn't have a break. You were with me last week. You never went. I know, anywhere, but I went to. I, to went, the I was in L.A. and therefore not in the studio. So mm. I was with my parents. True. So I was not in the studio. But you were the only thing I did. By the way. Just doing our show was the only work-related thing I did. Do you happen to watch um, White Lotus? If not, I highly recommend that you do so immediately. Do not. <sighs> I already. Walk. I I started watching it. I believe I binged on the first like season for about five episodes, and then I was just over it. It was too angsty for me. It's I didn't so like the angsty. vibe. This last um, the season finale was so. It was so. Both Scott and I were like anxiety-ridden. It's very angsty. Hey, Alana. I do not hi. like. Hi, hi. I do not like angsty things. I, it depends. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Craziness. Crazy pants, that show this time. Crazy. I pants. do not like angsty things. Once in a while, I'm cool with it, but I don't like psychological anxiety. Yes. Well, I do not like that. I, I guess I'd I don't rather... either, but I still watch it. I can't not like, I can't not watch Yeah, that. that is one of those that I just was unable to get to. I might test it out on another time. I mean, the second season is pretty good. I must say it's all about power, the balance of power and taking power and giving power. It's really interesting. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. You know, you know me, I'm a power hungry. I was much more riveted by the other HBO show. I think it was The Vow. Oh, The Vow. Someone else. Miss, uh, what's his name? The yes, Amy Consiglio told me to watch the vow. Yeah, the Vixie, Vixium or whatever. Vixium. Vixium. Hello, Patrick Nick Keller. N. Yeah, Nixium. Mm -hmm. Nixium. Yeah, Nixium. That's, I, that's right. That's really good, isn't it? I really that was watch really that. good. I loved it. I'm excited. I binged through that. So I, that was a little like messed up and you know I'm weird. Kind of excited for it now that I've watched yet, it. I'm even more excited. I was able to watch it. Now that you've watched it, I'm even more excited to watch it. Okay, well, today, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting into the year in review, and Elsie has really laid out her 2022 like in excruciating detail. I, on the other hand, would prefer to forget this last year, frankly. <sighs> but, but, but let's let's start. We can start with you, Elsie, if you want, or I start. Okay, well, listen. We always do a year in review. We always do like a look back at 2022 and seeing what we've done and all that stuff. And uh, by the way, I've been doing this kind of work already for Lipson for a while. So it's not like I sat here and prepared for ours. I'm sorry to say. She's got Elsie by the numbers, y'all. I got Elsie by the numbers. That's literally I what I wrote down. have I anything kind of, like that. Yeah, because I had to do a little bit of a review process. Mind you, I, I do have a little thought afterwards into all the stuff. But I just want to say in terms of content production, so I'm not talking any personal things with this. This is all as a content creator, as a in my work life, if you will. 
I counted things that I did this year. So I had personally, as in like a created slash co-hosted, right? Seven live events and webinars for Lipson. Mm -hmm. I did five Twitter spaces for Lipson plus one Twitter space for me. So that's six. I did 15 workshops, presentations, and events with both, you know, in in real life Mm -hmm. and virtual with three of Mm -hmm. them being for She Podcasts, three out of the 15, nine podcast interviews this year, which is actually kind of low for my usual guesting because I kind of didn't do as much as I usually do. We did 66 podcast episodes Oh my God. 42 of them were for She Podcast and 24 of them for the feed and seven YouTube videos. And so those seven YouTube videos that I have on here were actual YouTube videos that were scripted and recorded. And there was, you know, video and all of that stuff, production that went into the mix. So that was a lot of stuff. It's a lot of content. And that doesn't have anything to do with any of the writing, any of the social, any of the engagement things that I do on the daily. None of that was in this. Right. So it was a lot of stuff. So the only thing I think I've done that could even remotely compare is 28 TikToks. <sighs> I've done 28. I did zero. I did you zero did TikToks. One. That's not true because you oh. did You Can Really Dance. Wow. Well, I did do one. I did that. Was right, that, that this right. year? Hold on. Let me make sure that was indeed this year. Was it this year? Yeah. Two nine. It was okay, February. Yeah. All right. I sent you the it video counts. of yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. You helped. I helped. You did help. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was half, half a TikTok though. Half, half a TikTok. It was, <laughs> wasn't even have, a full TikTok. Add that it was to your half. Year in the, okay. But you should add it to your year in numbers. Half a okay, TikTok. Half a TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Alana says that one's her, her favorite one. She says she watched it so many times. Wow. You can Oh my God. Half a TikTok video. I have got to put it. There's a question. How long did it take you to gather your year in review? I mean, probably you just looked through your Google Cal, right? Or what did you do? I did. I actually did. I looked through my Google Cal and yeah, I I looked through my Google Cal. So I would would think that that actual gathering of all of that information was, I did it in two hours. I put it all into, I have a little doc that I have, which has got all my 2022 goals in it. Mm -hmm. And I added it all in there in line. And so I just counted it up and put it in our Notion database. So I didn't put it by the numbers inside of this doc. I just put a list. You know, I should, if I were going to do my life by the numbers, I'd like to see how many team meetings I participated in and how many other meetings, you know, like sponsor meetings. Yeah. I'd like to know that. I don't think it would take a couple days. Like maybe you could color coordinate it in Google Calendar so it'd be easier to add. I don't know. I actually, but I'm not oh, interested sorry. to know how many. Like I think I'd rather not know, frankly. I think that, you know what? Now you've you've kind of put that in my, like I'm going to do that because it, incor- it is insane how many meetings, as mm-hmm. you know, Jess, I've been a part of this year. Oh, your number would make my number look ridiculous. In addition to all of those things, I was in meetings. Yeah. An average of like two hours a day. Yeah, it was crazy. That's a a slow day. Two hours is a slow day for you. Oh, and hello, Jennifer. Brewing Media. It's you. Thank God that I know who it is. So now, Jennifer, when I did the year in review, I literally sat, I had it like this. I had my 
dock, wherever I was capturing the information in front of me. And then I was on my iPad, I had my uh, Google Calendar open. And so I flicked through, I, I used um, the iPad in week mode, in, in, you know, so that I only got week by week. So I could read everything really quickly. And then I would just like flip through it. And I would remember like, oh my God, I did this. And so I would just start writing that into my doc. And I just did, I kind of put it in there into different categories and whatnot. Because it was really like, it was eye-opening. I did a lot of stuff. And so that, and again, that doesn't include like a lot of the things that I didn't put in there was, um, in, in this number, by the way, all of the meetings that I had that were not related to their everyday meetings mm-hmm. that I have, but that were just like you're talking about, Jess, how you were talking about sponsor meetings and things like that. Like, I'm sure you've had a lot of, of meetings that are sponsored meetings, but they're not they're like prospects, right? So I had a lot of those types of meetings as well, yeah, which course. is sort of like mm-hmm. meeting people, talking to people, like all of that stuff. So it was actually not too bad. Yeah. And uh, by the way, bad. guess what I used to make a beautiful, this is not what we're using right now, but I made such a beautiful document that I sent over to Rich on Canva. First of all, I am loving Canva. I, no, it just ha- needs it needs a few more capabilities before I can get rid of Adobe, but just a few. I used it for Canva Docs. Have you used Canva Docs? That's what I yeah. used. Oh, I used Canva Docs, which is like a can beautiful you- expression of Google Docs. Oh, it's like Google Docs. So wait, it's like Google Docs, but Canva Docs. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that they want us to like use this. As, sorry, my eyes just look like I've been punched, and I just couldn't stare at myself anymore. Okay. Um, I haven't slept in like a week. Makeup. Oh my God, Jess. It's just stress. Holy cow. Oh, that's much better. Okay. Can you migrate fully? Like, can you import your docs or do they just want us to start from scratch in Canva docs and then have things in eight places like we already do? I believe that we have um, things in eight places like we already do. (laughs) So like, I I mean, I'm going to give you just a real, I'm not going to let y'all read it because I do not want, you know, this is kind of like, but I'm going to, I'm going to share my screen so that you guys could see what I did. Just so like really quickly see my thing. One second. Patrick says, imagining doing his year numbers makes him want to stab his face off twice. See, look, 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 before I take (gasps) it off, it's like all like through the thing. It's very nice. And then I just put it all together and you can add those little things. Right. So it's really simple. This is nothing like huge. Like I didn't do any extra stuff. Right. But like I have like it's just very simple and I have all I've got. You can really, really quickly grab all of those things and everything that we did and what the year over year is. And I just put it all together in one place. So it wasn't like um it wasn't uh, super in-depth. It wasn't anything that I was like, let's do some design beautiful thing. No, but it looks very attractive. But it looks very attractive. And and the other thing is the export. This is really weird. And I kind of dig it. It exports into A4. The halvesy one? What's A4? No, the large one. So halvesy oh. is A5. Oh. So A4 is like... Bigger than eight by 11 and a half, right? Eight by 11, like legal. That's legal. So it didn't do that. 11 by 17, I think. And so it's like, whoa. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll export into that. And it's kind of neat. It's like super long and it looked like kind of love. So, and it's new, Patrick. There are some things that are kind of still 
not as intuitive, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I wanted to be able to have, and I didn't want to mess with it too much. My, my, mind you, this was like really quickly. I just wanted to present goals and, you know, things like that to um, Rich. And when I did that, I didn't want to be like, let's design this document, which is really just going to go to him. But I wanted to use Canva. Mm-hmm. But just using Canva, number one, made it look so much nicer. Um, but I did want to do like, I wanted to have columns and I think you can, I'm not sure how to do columns. Like there were a couple of things that the lists were too long. I wish they had them. I was able to just do like side by side. You can put images in there fairly easily. You can add links. So if you have like a copy and paste and then you paste a video, it automatically creates like one of those little, like people can actually watch the videos in there. You can Mm. also embed PDFs in there. You can have the URLs be a bookmark so that you can get a little preview of the webpage. You can just quickly drop an image on there and it makes it real nice. By the way, Patrick and Jennifer, they announced it a little while ago. I got into the waiting, whatever the wait list right away. Like they had a a page where you could put your email in there. I believe you put your email in there too, Jess. Do you see it already? Is it in your docs? What? The warm welcome? Are docs there? No, no, no. When you go into Canva, it should be like it says for you and then right next to it, right at the top, like what what you decide today, it says docs right at the top. And if you're... Yes. If you have... Okay. So they released it out then. Yeah, it's out. Yes. Okay. For you, docs, whiteboards, presentations, social media. Okay, great. Here's the thing I don't like about Canva. There's so many things to love and Mm -hmm. I love it. When you are designing... I don't like the way the files that you make, your own folders, you can't organize them in any yeah. type of fashion. They're not alphabetical. They're not by date. They they show up either at the top or the bottom. And it's just, an, I guess it's date. And I wish if there is a way to move them around so that I could alphabetize, it would be so much easier because also before they had folders, I have hundreds of designs that I would need to like you know, organize, organize. Yeah. I think that it's project organization sucks. That would suck. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing is y'all that I didn't do it with this doc, but the option, and this is really fun. The option of making your doc into a presentation is there like with a tap. I did not make that doc into any, like I wasn't thinking about presenting this data. So I tapped on the presentation and it automatically splits it into high level. Like I think that if you're creating it and you're doing like um, headings and you're using headings a lot and things like that, it will automatically prioritize your headings so that it will create a template with that one heading on it. So you're able to present off of it and it won't give everything, which is kind of neat. No, it's yeah, like a the sneaky- presentation's awesome. It's awesome because then you can take it from a full-on doc into a presentation, which streamlines your information anyway, and you're able mm-hmm. to present. And then it gives you the option of whatever template you want. I mean, in terms of streamlining this process, I thought it was really good. I'm really digging docs. I think it's really good for presentations, either corporate presentations or even sponsorship presentations or or passing as, as a doc for sponsorship stuff, like something that's a little bit above a Google Doc that you're writing, it just makes it a little nicer, but it's still a little weird, I think, if you are mm-hmm. sharing it with someone that doesn't have Canva. That would be weird. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Would you feel weird if you get a Canva link from a sponsor or like from somebody who's pitching you something instead of a Google Doc? Yes. 
I would rather not get a link at all and just have it presented to me. But yeah, if someone was going to show me something, it should be a PDF. I don't want to be in your file. Yeah, you don't want to go on a... See, and, and the thing is, the good thing about going into those... Like, I think for team collaboration and presentation, like if I were to talk to the She Podcast team about some huge campaign that I wanted to do, I would do it on Canva. Like I'll have the Google Docs and then send it to you guys. And then if it had interactive elements, because I think the interactive elements is a thing. I want you guys to watch this or listen to this video or whatever. It's easier if it's all in there and then you guys can consume the bits. Like I want... The yeah. She Podcast Live video to resemble this, right? You know what I yeah. mean? And, and it already yes. has all the bits. Then it's really great because you can, for a design perspective, it's mm-hmm. awesome. So I agree. agree in that agree, respect, agree. it's really good. But anyway, that was my year in review by the numbers. Now, <laughs> I do have some big kind of takeaways from looking at my stuff. And I broke it down again from this time in work and personal. So number one, Uh, One of the key things that I did this year was video, right? So video was a massive focus personally, as well as professionally and investing in the studio that I'm the studio as a studio. This is right. This is like, I feel level one and a half or maybe like halfway as to what I would want from a studio. Mm-hmm. I did that this year. So I've got the majority of the large pieces in order for me to create video that looks better than most video out there. So I did that. And also I learned how to use a lot of really great hardware tools like the Stream Deck, which up-leveled my production like crazy. And software-wise, Ecamm was a fundamental game changer this year for me, as well as optimizing, obviously, StreamYard, doing an incredible amount of streaming this year. So we were like, streaming live every single week, which is mm-hmm. really important Pretty for a fun. lot of people. It's been you fun know? too. It's fun and it helps you just do a lot of really great stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, all kinds of video production in terms of regular YouTube videos, repurposing content, creating videos for the feed where I would do like a, I do a promo video after every episode, I do a little promo video. So we tested that out and I had somebody do that for me, which was really great. A lot of really great, Uh, relationship building where it was a very, I was very conscious and very intentional about what I wanted for relationships at work, not at work for my people, but for podcast, for my job, right? So I was very intentional in building relationships, existing relationships and, and new relationships, which was awesome. And that was like, you know, through meetups and, and one-on-one events and things like that. All the claim pod parody stuff that I did at the beginning of the year, like literally Q1 this year was really eye-opening in so many different perspectives. So that was a, a wonderful learning opportunity. All of those things. And I don't know why I wrote, I wrote promotion. I'm actually not sure what that means. Like I, I should know. Because it also has an exclamation point next to it. And I'm... You did more promotion or... I don't know what I mean You wrote more promotion? I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. I'm surprised you know whatever what I mean. that is. Obviously, mm-hmm. it did not uh, have much resonance in my brain. In terms of personal stuff, though, what I started to look back this year, I did a ton more cooking at home. So I love to cook uh, family's food here, as well as yummy homemade stuff for myself. All of that stuff was really 
great. I make my my favorite thing ever is to make my homemade chai tea from scratch, and it's my favorite wow. thing. Nobody can make a chai like moi, and it's not supposed to be chai tea, by the way, because chai means tea. tea. Oh, it no, does? chai means tea, so it's kind of like saying I made tea tea. So um, it's chai. So I make homemade chai, and it's amazing. Also, the reconnection with my stationary love and just reconnecting with all my analog tools was awesome. Boundaries, I had to set up a lot of boundaries because of, as you can see, there was a ton of work happening this entire year. And it was a little, it was a lot. It was over, it was a lot. So a lot of things had to be pushed away. And, and I had to set some pretty serious boundaries because if not, my brain would have exploded. Mm. And I kind of, you know, after hitting 50... I kind of made a decision internally that, you know, this is the decade to focus on my kids. And not to say that the past decade hasn't been focused on my kids, <laughs> because I obviously they are uh, currently 11 and 14 years old. But I yeah. do feel that you've always focused on them, first of all. Yes. But this you is are always focused beyond that, because when they are small, you literally can move them from place to place and just change their attention from one thing to another and they just do it they kind of would just do what you wanted them to do you would strap into things and then take them with you and those you know, were the days and um yeah and then now they don't do that because now they're they are full-on humans right they they've think always, very clearly also they've always been full-on humans yeah well this is true Yes, you're But correct. I will say this. There were many times when I, before Isaac turned one that I had to remind both his sister and his father yes. that he was a fully, a full-blown human with emotions and please not to pretend like he's not there or doesn't exist and just do, you know, like they, Emily especially would like, you know, get upset and curse and yell. And Ooh. I was like, this is not nice energy for someone for to baby. be around. And, she, you know, and, and Scott too would be like, oh, he can't. You know, whatever. It's the bouncing yeah. thing. Do you remember that? Like, he doesn't yeah. need to, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm like, no, he's a whole person now. He's a whole. <laughs> already. A whole he's a thing. whole person. He's a whole person. Yeah. But I know what you mean. I know what I, you mean. You know they're what becoming I mean. like, adult and they're becoming yes. um, independent thinkers. Yes. That's probably more what you mean. Yeah. Yes. And there are lots of, you know, there's lots of growing that happens with kids yes, when they start is. to hit their, um, you know, maturity level when they get through puberty and they start to develop their whole little selves and and have all kinds of very interesting thoughts for themselves. And anyway, so I do see that this is fundamentally one of the most important times to really connect with them because they're, it's no longer like, look, look. Okay. Um, let me continue doing my own thing. Like there's no, there's no thing you can wave at them. That's going to make them go, Oh, that's a pretty thing that I need to focus on now. Like they require yeah. connection and yeah, time attention. and attention yeah. and full on back and forth. And there's no timer. It's not like I got to give these kids 10 minutes of my time now. It's like, that's a lot. So there's many things that I'm really looking to further with that. And then I've, I have felt, you know, a, a huge thing in terms of who I am as a person again, because this happens, this has already happened so many different times where you start to think like, how do you label, like I do an, a labels exercise that actually Erica Liramark did way back when, when I did one of her very first 
courses. Like I can't even imagine. Like, it's so funny. Cause I even told her, I'm like, I do the label exercise that you had us do so many times. She goes, what label exercise? I was like, oh my God, it's so old. You don't even know you did it. It's this thing where she would ask us to like write down all the labels that the world gives you, all the labels that you give yourself and all the labels that you want the world to call you. And then that's an interesting exercise. I like that. Yeah. And it's really neat. And then you kind of like you cross out the things that no longer serve you, essentially. And then if you are not called that, like, let's say everybody's calling that. That's how I moved away from being like the yoga teacher person, because when I wrote down the way that the world sees me, there was all so much tied around yoga. There was like, it was the yoga teacher, the yoga podcaster. Oh, it's the yoga girl. Like everything was yoga related. And I remember sitting there going like, that's not me anymore. That's not me. I need more there. And so it was a huge identity shift for me to consciously put away that. And move to the next thing. And it was hard because that was a huge part of my identity for over a decade. So I'm going through that again right now. And I'm I'm still in the process of seeing what I want the world to call me now. And because when you tell the world, the world tells you that. Like it, they actually respond, but you got to really tell it and say like, this is what you're going to be calling me now. This is my mm. title. Okay. I'm going through that. So th- that's me. That's me, Jess. How about you? How about me? Um, I don't have my year in the numbers, as I mentioned, but I have, I try to do a few of those things. Like I've been to one, two, three, four different events. I traveled four major times. I did four different meetups, two at events and two, one in New York City, one in Washington. This is the first year that I've gotten coaching that I've actually not wanted to throw in the trash. But it's like a one-on-one, right? It's like one-on-one. Yes. I hired Rachel Cook to help me with like a, a comprehensive business plan for She Podcasts. And I hired Sarah Yost to help me with emotional processing, which is something that I knew that I wasn't doing, but wasn't sure how to... You need a guide if you're not processing your emotions to start to do so, because first you have to recognize what they are. And so she sort of helps me with that. Like we get on the phone and I just tell her what stuff is driving me crazy. And then we start to sort of break it down. Like what's bad about this? What's good about that? How does this make you feel? How does that make you feel? And I have to like really identify how I'm feeling about it and why, which is helpful for me. And it actually led me to a a bunch of life lessons. I'm a little behind you in the self-realization timeline where because you're like you know I need I need you to call me these labels like I am figuring out what those are still and as I'm doing that I have had a lot of like tumultuous experiences this year I've had a lot of crappy stuff to contend with like not even work related like Scott and his gallbladder and my cousin passing away and you know but like I've been dealing with a lot of stuff. And it's exhausting. It's hard. Because like for the first half of the year, I was like not dealing with any of it. And I had everything under control and everything was set. And then it all started falling apart, like at the end of the summer. And it all happened at the same time. It was like, uh uh-oh, we have to push the event. And then uh uh-oh, gallbladder. And then uh uh-oh, Isaac in school. And then uh it was just it has been very difficult. 
But some of the things I've learned this year that I think are important, and this is the first one is something that I learned so many times as a, as a youngster. So I can't believe I had to learn this lesson again, but trusting your instincts. Mm. And I can't believe that's a lesson I had to learn this year. But there's another thing I learned that made me understand why. So I think we talked about this on a previous show, but you know, most people say that when they're in trauma response, they're in fight or flight. And I learned this year that there are two more responses besides fight or flight. There's freezing and fawning. And I'm, I think I'm a fawner. You're a fawner. Say, yeah. I, don't, I can I'm, not, I, I'm like, you're a fawner, dude. Yeah. I know you. A fawner is someone that just like, when faced with difficulty or trauma, I just sort of let the things happen. I don't take them head on. I don't deal with. So like, for example, after 2021, I said, and I wasn't ready to do another show, but like I was being talked into doing another show for 2022. And rather than like hold my ground or whatever, like I think because I was still sort of reeling from that last event, like I just sort of fawned, signed a contract for another venue. You know, I just kind of like let it happen in a bit of a daze without really thinking through my feelings or what I wanted. Like I, I just sort of like went with it. And as a result, didn't trust my instinct, but mostly because I was like, you know, sort of stuck emotionally. Anyway, it's a bad place to be. So I've learned that lesson. That's not happening again ever. But it has made me go through like a year long, like, you know, like when I started our event, I sort of was like, now this is my identity. Hooray. I'm an event planner. Ta-da. And, and then there was a pandemic. So it's like, why does, why does the universe keep laughing in the face of what I want to label myself? <laughs> I don't know mm. why that keeps happening. It's like I make a decision. And it's not the right one. Then it's not the right one. Then it's not the right one. But it's because I keep having to go back to who I am, who I really am, who was I meant to be. And the label podcaster is not as big of a label as some people make it to be. A podcaster just means that you have a podcast, but like everything else you are leads you to being a podcaster. So that can't be an identity. Does that make sense? Like I'm talking to podcasters and I know this. Yeah, I don't understand what you kind just of said. like. OK, if you have a podcast about whatever cats you're not a podcaster. You're an animal lover that started a podcast. Right. So that's what I mean. Like I'm a this or a that that podcasts about something. A podcaster in and of itself doesn't feel like a label to me because it's the topic, the subject that makes you the thing, not the podcast. But what you're saying right now, though, is that you personally, Jessica, don't resonate with a label podcaster. I mean, I have a podcast and I've podcasted before. Right. And I know uh -oh. a lot about podcasting, but I wouldn't right. say that I'm an expert or a guru or right. I don't know that that's even I don't even know if I can. I know I'm labeled that way, but I don't know that it's a proper label for me. Right. No, I get that. No. So I just want to stop here to say that you yourself are saying that you don't know if that is your label. Am I right? Even my expertise is marketing and sales. It's not podcasting. I know. Hold on. It is and it's not. Okay, what? Let me finish. You, Jessica, don't identify fully with the label podcaster, but there are. you're not saying that if there's a person out there who does identify as hashtag <laughs> podcaster all day, every day, hello, that's my thing. You're not saying 
that that's not okay. You're saying for you, that's not the label. I'm saying philosophically for me, yes. there's something okay. else that leads you to that. Correct. Yes. But it, you can it. use for it as you. a label and an identity. No, for everyone. There's a, there's a, no, 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 there, no, but I disagree. I dis. I disagree. I'm I disagree. Saying you can use it as a label or an identity marker, but that is that is not the main. There's something else that brought you to that that I think is more important, usually. Usually, but what I'm saying is that there's not just always one label, but that's true. I do actually 100%. Like, you're never going to just be like, I'm a mom. Well, I was just going to say, I don't know that I'm comfortable with any of those labels. Well, that's what like, I'm saying. Even but mother I'm, but I'm, is like not exactly accurate. <laughs> right. No, but <laughs> what I'm I saying am. to you is though, but Jess, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that we all go through that, but there's not that one thing at any given time that you are 100% that one thing. Like there isn't that. You don't just do that one thing. Even when I was a yoga teacher. I want... A label that I feel like fits author, writer, comedian, astrologist. I don't think that that you need all of that. I don't I didn't think say that you need. I just want one that I resonate there, with I, that I don't feel like oh. is like part only partially true. I want to be fully a something and I'm like constantly on a quest to know what that is. I mean, CEO right now is the best thing. I am definitely 100% resonating with the term CEO. I am a CEO. But that's not necessarily a label that I want to, I don't know, that I want to live by forever. It's a temporary label. Labels are weird. Well, yeah. And I think that it's a just, it's an identity kind of a thing. It also, it is very telling. I think that mm. that's something that really triggers what and who you are. I think this is a wonderful exercise that I think a lot of us are doing right now is mm -hmm. beyond, hold on, let me tell you what the exercise is because it's not the label thing. It's the fact that there's been, you know, a massive Twitter exodus, right? So there's like a lot of people who are like right. exiting Twitter and they are moving into all of these newish type of platforms. And when you move into a new platform that doesn't exist, you usually have to set up a new profile. And so you're like literally starting from scratch. And I remember I've opened up so many of them and I'm like, I don't want to just copy paste what I have on Twitter. And so that was yeah. a huge, like a big, massive insight yeah. into what is what is already happening because I yeah. get to now curate and be somebody that nobody, like you're entering digital communities that... Many people don't know you and you get an opportunity to start from scratch, to not it's, have who you were. So it's funny that you say that because when I make bios, I only put things that I'm all that I've always been or that I'm always going to be. For example, Capricorn. I put I put Capricorn that I have a sharp wit, that I have a sharper tongue, that I like when I got my first tattoo it had to be something that I've always been that I've that I would always be. And so I did a Jewish letter. Um, mm -hmm. I did the Hebrew letter for life. But like there aren't that many of those labels and labels are weird. Yeah. Like if you made up a certain digital bio, one line bio for this profile, it doesn't mean that when you make up a new thing that you want to be that same thing. But I'm still trying to figure out what things I do want to be instead of focusing on like 
what's not working. I kind of want to wiggle my way into what's working. And one of those ways that I've started to try to do that is to make my own space in my house. So like I took the back porch and turned it into my office because I like being out here. It wasn't being used properly. Nobody ever sat out here. It's beautiful light. But also I just wanted like a pretty space, my own pretty space. And I'm learning that I would fill it with color and feathers and glitter and all kinds of things that I want to be around, which is nice. I don't know what that says about me, but it is helping me like carve out, I don't know, is this what a midlife crisis is? I'm like carving out an identity that's different. I'm doing a lot of like recognizing the difference between fear and anxiety or what fears are causing anxiety, what you're supposed to worry about and what's holding you back because of fear. I just learned that skill like last week. So I'm I feel that it needs applause because it's a hard skill. Once you are, you know, have you guys, and I know everyone has, like if you're in like a, like a rotation of panic, if there's something out there that in your soul, you're going, what am I going to do? 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 You can't find an answer while doing that because any answer you find while doing that will be decided based on fear. You have to go, okay, I, I know that I'm fearful And that's why I'm asking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But seriously, though, also, let's try and figure out what's wrong. You know, like you have to push past it, which is like everyone's like, oh, push past your fears. But that's not easy when you're like in full panic mode. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Like like if your marriage is falling apart, which mine is not, or if you all of a sudden know that you're going to get fired, but you haven't been fired yet. There's what am I going to do? 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 And by panicking, you can't make a good decision. Beg for your job, look for another one, early retirement. Like none of those are good decisions. If you're doing that, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Yep. I think that you're you're nailing it, right? This is the hardest part ever. And I think part of it is that you haven't been ever been able to practice and you haven't been able to break that pattern because of the, you do need to have a, like an interrupter of that, what am I going to do pattern aspect of it. Yes. And it has to come yeah. from usually a different kind of energy. And when I'm not talking like woo-woo energy, I'm talking about another person, generally people, people, yeah. places. And mm-hmm. you have to literally be plucked and put somewhere else. That is sort of like a re, because you don't have your triggers. You have nothing there. And you have to sort of reorient yourself And in doing that, you're able to break through those patterns. And this illustrates exactly what I just mentioned to you with my why my focus on my kids is so important, because now is the time to notice their patterns and interrupt Mm -hmm. when they're doing that, because the skills of being able to be in the, oh, my God, I'm panicking. Oh, my God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then be the safe space for them to bump up against the wall and be scared and then have us reflect back to them and go like, make a different choice, right? And help them do that on their own so that when they go out in the real world where we're not going to be, they can make informed decisions and not continue to perpetuate stuff, which also means I have to look at my own behavioral patterns of how I process emotion and how I process things so that I don't mirror back those same patterns to them. So, and that just takes focus. And so I'm not willing to 
pay the price of my children being stuck in patterns where they can't help themselves because I just want to keep focusing on what I want to do with work and profession and doing the thing and being in the world and being online and having to do stuff. They are much more important to me and my our own family to be able to help them because we won't be around to help them do that on their own. And I don't want them to stay in that same pattern. So that's literally why it's so important to me. Yeah. That I'm doing that. I'm trying to do that with Isaac as well. Not necessarily so much with Nate, but Isaac has a lot of patterns that need interruption that have developed over the past year. So we're working on that too. The last thing that I've worked on this year that I continue, I'm going to continue to work on next year is how to make everything I do more fun. I need to infuse fun in the things I do or A, I don't do them as well. And B, like that's kind of my skill is bringing fun to the stuff I do. So if it's not fun, then I'm not, then something's wrong with me, I think. Like Mm. if I forget that or if I don't have the energy to infuse that or if I can't write in a fun way, then I'm obviously, if you ever see an email from me and it's not even remotely fun, I'm probably panicking about something. Because it should be light and funny and confident and positive. And I'm working on that. Okay. And then, um, so next year, I am going to fork it, forkus. Forkus? You're going to forkusing. I mean, I'm going to, I've seriously <laughs> forkused this year, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> Uh, that forks. Yeah, I'm going to focus more on my health. And some of that is because of my dad and like, you know, like they're giving him a pretty strict like diet. And I don't know, like my sisters and I've kind of decided that we're going to try and do it with him to make it easier, like have a little like chat every day about what to eat, what to make and, you know, for more healthy options. Because although I'm educated on it, I definitely don't do it. My dad's not educated on it at all. Like he once ordered a chef salad and was like, healthy option. And I was like, no. How's that a healthy option? A chef salad is bacon, cheese, cheese, bacon, bacon, cheese. So I am focusing on money, health, confidence, and being in a funk or being not in a funk. I feel a funk coming but it's but it's december and i'm always funky in december i just have december funk always your december funk i I don't think think, yeah you should be in it into it though i don't want to lean into it anymore because it's debilitating i know that i i mean i know that it's debilitating it's but it's soul crushing i don't i mean i mean on the one hand i hear what you're saying you i should feel my feelings but like it's not productive. It's not helpful. It's depressing. Who, I mean, though, depression Jess? is depressing. Me. Okay. I understand that. I think that, you know, there's a part of me that I don't know a December like you know a December. So I cannot speak from a place of this is going to be the best way to go, to go through it, right? What I do feel is that the support that you need around that is again about breaking some of those patterns. And in the same way that you're talking about, like learning to process a lot of the stuff is you say like, you're not productive. And I think like, I would say like, why use that word? Because when I mean productive, okay, like for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, my my daughter died on December 22nd, three days before Christmas. 
you know, the first couple of years after she died, all of December, I was not right. I was, I was sad and angry and tense and emotional and grouchy. And all I'm saying is I need to try and move through that in a more positive way because First of all, there's so much cool shit to do in December. There's like holiday yes. markets and people to visit and amazing shows on, you know, on stage. And it should be a fun time. And I don't want to ruin that for my kid or mm -hmm. myself, you know, just because she died close to Christmas, like doesn't mean I should like, I don't know. I don't want to wallow. I guess what I'm saying is I want to push through, but I don't want to wallow in it. And I'm not... I'm not sure how to like keep it balanced. So I'm going to ask Sarah and see if she can help me try because I want to be able to feel my feelings, but I don't want them to distract me from mm -hmm. having a nice holiday season because I just, my kid deserves that. And so do I. Mm -hmm. I'd love to say Scott deserves it too, but he hates the holidays. So he's already a lost cause. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like everything I do when it comes to holidays, just like he hates all of it. I, on the other hand, am of the impression that you can celebrate Christmas without having it be religious. It can just be secular. I'm the only adult in this house that believes that, though. So it's yeah. a constant struggle. I'm just trying to, like, sneak lights up wherever I can so that nobody knows, like, these are pretty. Anyway, the funk, the confidence, the confidence. This is the thing I want to work on the most next year, actually. I mean, because health is health. It happens every time you take a bite of something. Money is money. You either have a good idea that works or you don't. But confidence is something that you kind of have to fake until you have. Like I have not done, I've done 28 TikToks, but you know, there's 365 days a year. I, I should have done at least 200 TikToks, but for whatever reason, I overthink it. I overplan it. I, it's actually like working out. I can't figure out when a good time is to do it. I need a haircut first. I don't have any makeup on. I want eyelashes. I'm too sweaty. This shirt's not right. Like every time I think about doing it, I talk myself out of it. So I need, it's not video coaching because I don't care about video, of being on video. I think it's, I don't know what it is. It's probably a little bit about if I am myself and myself is rejected, then, you know, it's probably rejection sensitivity. Like, I don't want to tell a joke and then have one, no one think it's funny over mm. and over and over and over and over again. Like, I don't know if I can take that kind of rejection from the dark. It's different when you're on stage, you get instant gratification. But if I do a TikTok and like, no one LOLs it, I'm going to just, I'm not going to cry, but I'll be sad. <laughs> Yeah, if that makes sense. I don't know. So I I am I'm hesitant, but I want to be more confident. I'm sometimes it's about how I look. Sometimes it's about doubting whether or not what I have to say is a value. So, and it's weird because I don't I never have this problem with podcasting only video. It's a hard <sighs> thing, Jess. I have to say it's not it's you know, there are certain avenues where I feel incredibly comfortable in terms of creating content. And I'm a huge fan of creating content for its own sake. There have been times when I don't think I've, I've really ever felt where something that I've created has flopped in, in the sense that it hasn't given me some kind of positivity in creating mm -hmm. it. Maybe not everybody attended or all of that stuff, but something happened. But TikTok, I don't like. I don't like it because it feels very not me, like at all. It's fast. Mm -hmm. It's fast 
funny first. It feels to me it's funny first. At least the majority mm-hmm. of the viral stuff that goes out there is funny first. You have to be definitely on. Yeah. And you have to. Yeah. But then there's other aspects of it that I understand that are important, but it's so short that I'm just not a short. I'm not a. No, you're a not. Fast you're not person, succinct. You know? No, yeah, you're not no, I'm succinct. not. It takes me a while. I'm <laughs> more not. succinct in the written sometimes in written things. Like I don't get, even I could say write. no, no, you're not. You're leaving not in, less no, succinct you're right. on paper than yeah, you are. I'm no, not. You do a lot of extra fancy writing. I love. You're the just fa- not yeah, succinct. I, it's okay I live not to in be the fancy. Yeah. It's okay not to be succinct. You're not that. It's true. You know how like I never listen to our shows. Um, I also never watch myself. I never watch a full video of myself. And I think I should because sometimes when I see video of myself, I don't know who I, like, I don't recognize myself. Mm. I'm going to watch this later and be like, that's what I look like? Like, I should not be that way. I should know exactly what I look like, exactly what I sound like, exactly what my skills are, exactly where I enunciate. But I don't. I avoid it. So maybe I'll yeah. start by trying to like, listen or watch our podcast or you know like i i the story that i told you before this um call i did on video as i was driving home i was like looking at the camera and looking at the road the camera the road and then when i played it back i was like oh that's what i look like Like, i was pleasantly surprised like that's what i look like i'm kind of i'm interesting to listen to but i was surprised you know i shouldn't be surprised i should know what i sound like and stuff but i don't know why i avoid it but i think might be key to getting to know yourself is looking at yourself while you're doing yes. something. Correct. You think so? You agree? I absolutely agree. It's one of the reasons why one of the things when I do when I do any of my coaching, it's that point of you've got to understand what you sound like. You have to understand what you look like so that you can adjust appropriately at any time. It's it's sort of like, in at least for us that love to wear makeup and things and get dressed mm-hmm. and up sure. and stuff, you have to look at yourself in the mirror before you go out. So what you're doing, Jess, is essentially putting on makeup without a mirror and then leaving the house. <laughs> it's true. And so even, and it's not about changing yourself. It's about going... I put a little bit too much blush today or right. wow, I didn't know that was not my color. And all you have to do is just adjust so that you look the best. And that's what the mic is to be able to work with the mic. And I, you know, one of the first things like they like, talk to your mic as if it's your boyfriend, as if it's your like beloved or whatever. You have to know how to get into it and how to move away from it so that you sound the best. Same thing with the camera. I'm afraid I'll disapprove of myself. And then of what yourself? am I supposed to do? You can only be who you are. So I don't want to disapprove. I don't want to listen to myself and think that I sound maniacal or that I look too heavy or that my blonde isn't blonde. You know, like I don't want to look right. and disapprove. I'll listen to myself or look at myself and then I'll overthink and criticize every little part. And I'd rather not kill my own confidence. I think not looking might be killing it a little bit too. Because you don't know what you're putting out there. And there's always a way that you can put your best foot forward. And there's something. And I remember I taught a class way back when. And I really want to reteach this class again. It was like, I think it was, it's part of a, like a voice class that I taught. And part of that voice class that I taught was based on being able to, to truly 
be dispassionate. And I use this over and over again from like every, I would teach something and then there was like a slide that went afterward that mm. said, be dispassionate about it. Don't, so hard. don't get caught up the in it. The whole reason I started audio is because my video shows, I was obsessing about flyaways, my hair. Yeah. It was so dumb. They were great interviews, but like I couldn't, when I was editing them, I was like, I cannot go out there with this hairdo. And Jennifer mentions, you know, start only focusing on what you like. No critical thoughts, only positive vibes. I think that that's a good starting point. And you have to also know what you're talking about is very, very ADHD. So part of it is that your brain is already, you can't let that go. Like, I forgot what it was the other day. I, and I was like, I'm in a loop. I'm in a loop. I can't get out of this loop. And it yeah. was the, I got a notification. In fact, I forgot about all about it. I got, I bought this like thing called cover on cover. It's like a little plasticky thing that goes over my notebooks that I buy. Mm -hmm. And I bought mm -hmm. it specifically and it took forever to get here. I was in LA when it came. I didn't even know it was here. And then I found out that it was delivered last night or something. And I looked up and I was like, wait a minute, it was delivered. And then I could not get out of the loop of going, where is it? How come it's not here? Where is the thing? Where's the tracking code? How come oh my I God, You are my like, husband. And it was Good like Lord. five, like it literally was a $5 purchase. Like this is not an expensive cup. Why did you, you know do what I mean? that then? What's the and big deal? I just could not. And I sat down and I was like, I, I felt anxious and I felt like it was unfinished. It's unfinished business. And I thought, this is my, my brain in a loop. And I had to sit there and switch out of it and try to let it go, you know, and we all have those loops. And I've had that just before where I'll look at a video and go, why didn't somebody tell me yeah. to move my <laughs> hair out of the way? Right. Why, why didn't somebody yeah. say, move the hair out of your face? Why didn't somebody say fix? Because sometimes I'll see that my shirt's like this or something. And I'm like, yeah. why didn't somebody just say, straighten up your now top? I'm going to start fiddling with fixing, it. Fixing. Yeah. yeah. Why is it that when it comes to stuff like that, or if I lose something, I am completely chill? A hundred percent. I just know shit does not get up and walk away. And most people don't throw things out. So it's like if I lost something, both my husband and my son are, are like instantly panicked and sad that they're never going to see whatever it was ever again. And I'm like, we'll find it. Just lay down. Yeah. I, you know, but but Scott, even and actually, if I'm missing something, Scott will break his, his arms looking for it. This yeah. He can't sleep. He can't rest. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Anyway, oh, that's so sweet. Jennifer says, thank you both for thank this you. vulnerable and powerful conversation. I needed to hang out with you today. I'm thank happy thank that you, you did. It was actually I a know. lovely, you were a lovely addition to our conversation. So thank you. Yes, thank even you if it so was much. virtual. And this was a nice recap of our year to some degree. Like it's in, it's meaningful. It's been a weird year. I'm not the only one it's been a weird year for. I know it's been a, gr mm -hmm. a year of growth and change. I don't know why I'm excited for 2022 to be over. I would like 2023 to come on and I really want it to be fun. I feel like with any luck, it will be the last year that COVID, I mean, it's never going to not rearrange our behavior, right? Because we don't want to get sick. But I'm saying like, I'm hoping it's the last year that it really prevents us from living the lives we want to live that we can manage it enough either in our own minds or medically or physically that we can move on. Cause this is also the year that everyone I know got COVID at least once and it sucks. Yeah, this is true. 
This is true. I know the COVID year. Mind you, that said, though, everybody who listens to this episode, which is it's coming out on Friday, um, December 16th, I believe. Mm -hmm. And we are going to be recording our last episode of the year that following Monday. And it's going to be a looking forward or something on 2023 next. um, It's kind of like a looking forward. What's next? What's coming up? Girls, uh, goals, uh, focus inspiration like yeah. we're gonna take it to that forward looking instead of back forward looking which is what back. we did so yeah. um please show up and hang out with us we would love it we're gonna be streaming at live at 1 p.m on december 19th is that correct jess is that yes. what the date is december 19 please be here with us it's gonna be really fun i have no idea what we're gonna talk about yet even though elsie just said it i wasn't listening so yes great because this is our kidding. life yeah so episode 385 <laughs> will be our last episode and it oh, is yeah, gonna last be episode of the year Right, 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 right. Um, uh, 385. So we would love to see it. And then that's going to be released on that Friday uh, prior to, you know, the, I think it's, is it Friday? Oh my gosh. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah. December 23rd. It's going to be the first day of Hanukkah when we record next time. What are you talking about? Hanukkah. The first day of Hanukkah is the 19th. Is the 19th. Oh, good. Well, there you have it. Yeah. So we'll be like Hanukkah in the middle of it because it's going to go right. live on the 5th day of Hanukkah. That's right. Yep. Fourth or fifth. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think we hit all kinds of really lovely I things today. I think we today. did. Let's go. Let's go. Let's let's clear let's, the air. Let's, let's wrap it the, up. Let's clear the room in a nice way, not a not nice way. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. You can find the show notes, links, everything you want to find on ShePodcast.com. You can also find us on social. Ready? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, TikTok, all at ShePodcasts. Also, did you know that tickets were back on sale for She Podcast Live? It's true. And we're going to start raising prices at some point. So you may want to get your tickets now. Also, if you get your tickets now, I'll like you a lot more than if you get them another time. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding, actually. I would rather you get them now than, than like June 10th. So if there's any possible way that you can buy tickets early, I will be your best friend. And just send me a note saying that, you're my next new best friend and I'm fine with it. Elsie, you'll just have to go down the list because these people are, are going to buy tickets when I say yeah. so. And that's what I yes, love. Yes, absolutely. And we'll have a BFF. We should definitely have a BFF special something or other for folks that buy tickets when you say. And we, sh- we should do a little something, something. The BFF edition. Mm. Anyway. I think that would be really nice. Anyway, re- either, regardless, we're going to love to see you. And it's our show next year, the conference is in Washington, D.C., June 19th through the 22nd. We really want to see you there. In the next year, I will tell you, we are announcing so many cool things that are going to coincide with this conference. Your your face is just going to blow right off. Just blow off. Poosh. Gone. Poosh. All okay. the things. Yes. Anyway, right. thank you guys so much. We love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs> 